The event horizon went to hell and back. If you went to hell, what would you bring back? I don't know that there's a lot of options in hell on what to bring back. How I picture it, it's a uh, stone, lava, sulfur, magma. Also the standard. Yeah, pretty of. boring hell. You know, it's probably some kind of rock. So I just assume. going with Christian hell. Yeah, I, I got. I guess my concept of hell is uh, embarrassingly limited. I wasn't as creative <laughs> as maybe you two are going to be well, for hell. You say? Rock, I suppose. <laughs> hey, this is a hell rock. Yeah. Hey, they're about moon rocks. Yeah. That's true. You could probably get something for it on eBay. I bet. Hell rock? Bro. Mm. I wonder if it had any properties that would be unique. Demonic properties, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You would totally sell that for a cool 100K, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, be like proof of hell. I'd probably make a YouTube video about it. and you <laughs> My know. Journey to Hell and Back <laughs> by John. Yeah. Best-selling author. For sure. I mean, easy. That's true. Okay, you got anything more fun than rocks? <laughs> I would actually bring back uh, the devil, Lucifer, Mephisto, whatever you want to call him. You're and I me. would basically go to every TV station and be like, all right, a reality TV show where we live together. And basically, it's kind of like a Jersey Shore, but me and the devil. What would you call it? Oh, I have no idea. Garrett, I didn't think Garrett that. Garrett and the devil? Just, just kicking it. I don't know. The hot couple? <laughs> oh, that's oh. pretty good. <laughs> I like that idea. Do you know what channel you would pitch it to? UPN. Oh, Lord. Wow, a throwback. <laughs> yeah. Is that even still around? No. Probably not. It's the CW now. That I put it on the WB. Or wait, is that the CW? Yeah, I think the WB and UPN merged to be the CW. I would want to be right between Arrow and some other shitty show. <laughs> I would have picked, uh, I'd bring back a minion, like an imp minion. Oh, okay. To kind of do my, uh, my chores and uh, go get the laundry. You know, I'm not. I'm not asking for anything big. I'm not trying to take over the world, but having a nice. You can bring anything back cool. from hell, and you bring back a small pet. Yeah, yeah. it's probably it's better really than bad. the devil, though. The devil's gonna fuck you over long term for sure. Yeah. He's very smart, very crafty, just good. I assume. Well, he's bad, but he's good at being bad. And let's be honest, dude. You take the devil, people are gonna notice he's missing. I take a little tiny imp pet. No one's gonna bat an eye. It's true. Just because he's on he's on Earth doesn't mean he can't do what he's got to do. Oh, so he's still doing devil shit while he's, he's on this it. show. Oh, with I mean, you. the man's got stuff to do. When's <laughs> he gonna have time? You locked him into contracts. Several seasons of show. We're locked into spin off shows. They're locked into a contract. <laughs> <laughs> you're locked in here with me. You're not. I'm not you're locked in here with me. I'd also bring back Jimi Hendrix. You think, you think he's, he's in hell? hell? <laughs> <laughs> every good rock and roller, according to Christianity, went to hell. So it was according to Christianity. Yeah, no. So out of every rock, every way to person, set that bar high, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he made he he was taken tragically short. He was 27 when he passed. Yeah. He only made four albums, I think. So I'd love to see what his follow up would be after being in hell for 30 years. <laughs> would he still be 27? I don't know. Do you age after you die? It's great. You know, I think the theology is still out on that. I, I'm going to feel, I have a feeling that you're as old as you are when you die. Oh, that's going to suck. That's going to be nothing but geriatric people and kids. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you think you get to be the best version of yourself? I don't, I have no idea. I don't subscribe to any of that nonsense, but it, I mean, it's definitely a question. I mean, probably well, in heaven, you get to be the best version of yourself. You know, I assume. Do you think that would sway people's like, redemption when they like you know repent like before they die at like 96 or whatever and be like oh wait i gotta stay in this fucking shitty position when i die i'm good well it all depends on what the other option is you know if it's be 96 and old in heaven or dead burning in hell i think they're gonna go with being old forever that's true we're getting some deep topics yeah i think we've really uh gone off the rails here it's about that imp (laughs) yeah uh about that Jimi hendrix um (laughs) yeah i'd love to see what kind of music he'd make after being in hell and then after he pumps out maybe two or three albums with zero input from the current music scene, 
And then we let him listen to see what music is now yeah. and see what his reaction and how he might change. Or he, he would just have like PTSD and make nothing at all. <laughs> That's true. Oh, I hope he <laughs> like be loves too damaged like... to make music <laughs> yeah. anymore. Uh, just all the torment for 30 years. I would love if he was like into Imagine Dragons or some shit. And Mark, you just sold, just got crushed. <laughs> You're just like, no. Well, congratulations. <laughs> you just ruined rock and roll. Hey everyone, quick note about this episode. We will be discussing space horror films, so if you would like to enhance your listening experience, first watch Life from 2017 and 1997's Event Horizon. Please enjoy. Hey all you creatures from cyberspace, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Grave Talk Podcast. My name is Mark, and joined again with Garrett and John. Fellas, how we doing today? Doing all right. Yeah, Garrett? I'm doing okay. I got a brand new pair of shorts. They make a little whooshing sound when I walk too fast, so oh, I'm trying nice. to figure out the whole proper gait and stride to <laughs> alleviate that noise. Isn't that usually a result of too much material? I mean, they're really loose, but they're like made out of kind of like this like awesome kind of bathing suit material. Anyway, we're not going to talk about my shorts <laughs> the whole time here. Let's go. Guys, what have we been doing since the last one? We watch anything new? Anything worthy to talk about? As a matter of fact, I have. Okay, what do you got? I watched Veronica on Netflix. Um, that was actually really solid. I don't know that it, you know. I bought into the hype of it being the scariest movie ever, too scary to finish. Any of that nonsense? I was hearing a lot of that. Yeah, but um, it was a pretty solid demonic movie. Um, had a good ending. You know, a lot of suspense. I. It was a solid film. That's how I'll chalk it up to. And then I watched the uh, ABCs of Death. That was not a solid film. And uh, I don't want to get too into that one because I have a lot to say. It might be another we episode. For an episode, yeah. yes. Like VHS. And... Teaser, but... Um, now that's one of those that's like a, a several short story type. Yeah, it's a compilation. Okay. So it's like 26 little short. What do they call uh, it? Anthology? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's like sequels to that one too, right? There are. I haven't seen the sequels. I just okay. watched the original and um, I was unimpressed. So just feeling cold on it, just first out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, long. there was some good bits in there, but there were more bad ones than good ones. Yeah, I'd like to do a one with like Creepshow and some of the other anthology yeah. uh, horror ones. So that, that'd be good to save that one for that. Was Creepshow a movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It was a mashup, like an anthology too. Uh, I think Stephen King was involved. Yeah, no, I, I remember Creep Show, but I, th- I thought it was like a TV show, like Tales from the Crypt. No, it was a it was a release. There was also Creep Show too. Oh, okay, okay. So there was a couple of those. Um, what about you, Garrett? Anything new? Just dying a little bit each day, mm. slowly. No, <laughs> um, life is its own horror. <laughs> uh, no, I mean you know just kind of standard standard stuff. I watched some of the movies we were supposed to watch. Um, I came to the realization watch that for some of who, the movies. No, I mean I watched the movies. <laughs> I watched the movies, but you know what I'm saying. I said I watched some movies, but um, I don't watch these movies. Fuck you guys. No, um, <laughs> I read Wikipedia and show up. <laughs> no, um, I realized that for someone who really does not like horror movies and who is really kind of bothered by a fair amount of them. I watch a lot of damn horror movies. Well, you're like, on a horror even podcast. On my, so. Even on my own, though, like, you know, like, we're doing, like, like, what about this movie? I'm like, oh, I've seen that. And I'm like, how have I seen that? Like, I had to come to the realization that even though I'm not a fan of horror in the normal sense, I watch a lot of damn horror movies. You do. Remember how I mentioned the other day that you seem to go on a lot of dates to them? <laughs> yes. I, and that's, that was one of the things that was like, I was like, oh, I've, 
I've done this a lot. And it's it's really interesting to kind of like realize something about yourself. And I don't know if it's just because I dislike being scared so much that I kind of maybe thought, yeah, I don't I don't dabble in that, you know, but. Wow, it was kind of a wake-up call. You were a subconscious dabbler. I just realized. It's my rap name. Well, that's cool. <laughs> Yo, I'm NC Sub Dabbler. I'm coming at you live. Well, I mean, I guess now that you know that, we've made you watch several more against your will, I guess, to a degree. And are you saying you're more on board for these than you maybe been? I would say... I would say I'm more on board. I'm more willing to kind of be like, all right, let's check this out. I mean, there's certain ones that I can still like flat out be like, oh, I'm not going to enjoy this at all. Like, I do not want to watch this scary shit. But um, I'm a little more open to just being like, instead of like being so pushback, I just kind of like, all right, let's let's check it out and see what happens here. That's cool. Well, thought I'd just kick off some news before we get into it today with the two movies. Um, so just kind of to tie in with um, what we had last time, it was announced that James Gunn, is going to be producing a new horror film starring your favorite, Elizabeth Banks. Um, it's going to be directed by David World's Yarrow. best actress, Elizabeth Banks. Get it straight. Oscar nominee, Elizabeth <laughs> That's Banks. right. Golden Globe. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's going to be directed by the guy who did The Hive, um, David Yaravesky. Uh, I've not seen that. Has anybody seen The, the Hive? Hive? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not too many details coming out. They're still getting a cast together. But here was a quote from James Gunn. He said, uh, it's a horror film that excited me in a way no other outside of Guardians has in years. It was personal and different and perfectly suited for our times, and yes, terrifying. I'm uh, very interested to see what he likes so much and what he's going to bring to us to yeah. experience. That's... Now, uh, Since Guardians. You mean like like a, a script that he thinks he can do something unique with? Or... Right. Now, he's okay. producing it, so I don't know what how much involvement, yeah. but uh, he seems to really like the script. We'll just have to see how that goes. And um... I like to think uh, James Gunn thinks Guardians of the Galaxy is a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> that man's just way off the mark. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, actually, that raises a good question, though, because, um, <clears throat> you know, Slither wasn't really scary, and they no. consider that a horror movie. And Guardians, you know, has a real tongue-in-cheek kind of, like, his that kind of unique style of comedy. Like, is he really excited about this one because it's going to be kind of a comedy horror, or is it... We'll just have to wait and see. Okay. Maybe yeah. it'll have something better um, in Frightmare. Yeah, I'd like to see more. But Guardians is a horror film. Would they be the horror? Guardians are the only ones really <laughs> killing anybody in those films. Every like every planet they come to, it's just a horror movie. Like, oh, the fucking Guardians are here. So, uh, what else we got today? Um, in the vein of uh, remakes and Stephen King, two subjects we've tackled... Uh, we've got a remake of the Tommy Knockers coming out. They're going to start working on that in June. Which one was the Tommy Knockers? Uh, it's the one that the, there's a spaceship buried under the soil under this person's house, and it starts mind controlling all the townsfolk. Okay, you asked. <laughs> I did. Uh, James Wan is uh, or Wan is it Wan or Wan? I think it's Wan. James Wan is uh, going to be directing this one. He's the guy that did the Conjuring horror films. Um, Roy Lee, who uh, produced the latest Stephen King's It, is also on board to produce this one. Um, There was a TV movie of this back in the day. It starred Jimmy Smith, and it was awful. (laughs) Um, Tommy Knockers is one of the few um, Stephen King films that I read organically. I really liked the book, but man, that TV show was terrible. So I'm kind of interested to see well, how we were they were plagued by terrible Stevie, Stephen King TV yeah. adaptations around that time. There's a lot of bad ones out there. Um, and yet yeah, they made The Stand, though, so it's all worth it. <laughs> you really stand by The Stand. I do. Eight films of bad and one stand, and it's all good for John. <laughs> yep. 
you know, it's just paying my dues. If I got to watch shitty Tommy knockers to get the stand, <laughs> sign me up. That's fair. Uh, this is just a little rundown that I got from uh, Bloody Disgusting about the, uh, the movie Tommy Knockers. Uh, the story is told of the town in Maine, always in Maine, uh, that falls under the influence of a dangerous gas from an unearthed spacecraft. The gas begins to transform the people, giving them enhanced abilities, but also making them violent and subject to an alien hive mentality. One man, thanks to his steel plate in his head, is immune and tries to stop the townspeople. So that's your uh, quick gist of what This sounds about. like uh, the kind of horror movie South Park would make. Alien gas, a.k.a. alien farts, mind control, <laughs> uh, South Park. You can really do the whole thing. Yeah, that's true. When you break down Stephen King's like plot synopsises like that, woof. I mean... <laughs> No good, huh? Some of them just sound like just like if if like if one of your friends is like, dude, I'm gonna write a movie. It's gonna be about this, 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 and this, and you just give them that blank stare of like, really, this is what you've chosen to put your effort into. But I mean, to be fair, he writes some good stories. I mean, like even yeah. some of those terrible ideas have been like have turned out really like entertaining. But just when you break it down so simplistically, all his little plot lines, you're just like, oh god, dude. I guess that's just an testament to him as a writer. Like, Maybe he can take a simple you know, dumb sounding plot and then do something cool with it. What do you think he would do if we got him really super coked up like Maximum Overdrive and let him go at it again? He'd make Maximum Overdrive too. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not I'm not opposed to. Really. As long <laughs> as as long as Emilio is back in it. Yeah. Please, he has to. And Yardley Smith. <laughs> we, we should talk about that one sometime too. Is that a horror Possessed movie? Cars. Or... We could do that one in Carrie or no, what was the one? Thing? We could do that in Cars 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, a fan theory that the Cars universe is set in a post-apocalyptic Earth, so. Okay, all right. That's horrible. Yeah, it's real dystopian future. Christine, that's what I was thinking of. That's the other spooky car. Christine, yeah. Carrie's the one with the prom, right? The blue. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, let's get to it. Um, today, we're going to be discussing two space horror films. Um, on deck, we've got Life. From 2017, directed by Daniel Espinoza, starring Ryan Reynolds, Rebecca Ferguson, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Hiroyuki Sanada. Um, and then we're going to be talking about The Event Horizon from 1997, directed by Paul Anderson, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Joel Richardson, and Richard Jones. That's not Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Like no, the guy Paul W.S. Anderson, the guy who did X-Men, not X-Men, uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, okay. Yes. I, that popped up like on that, and I was, I was like, Paul Anderson. I was like, I really hope that's not the same guy that did There Will Be Blood. And He turned down X-Men to do this movie. To do Event Horizon? Yeah, he turned down the original X-Men um, to do Event Horizon, because after Mortal Kombat, he didn't want to go and do another PG-13 movie. He wanted to do like a real hard R. And um, Man, I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. So here's some other things he's done. Yes, uh, John mentioned Mortal Kombat. He also did the Alien vs. Predator movie. He involved in the Death Race films and all of those Resident Evil films. Ugh. And uh, the last one of note that I saw was Pompeii. That's the one that had Jon Snow in it, and it was about the, the <laughs> volcano erupting and covering everything in ash. I have not heard. I don't even know what you're talking you about. I haven't seen on that one. one. I know yeah. what Pompeii is. Didn't yeah. know that movie. It came out a few years ago. So I don't know, guys. Um, he's he's kind of a, a hit or miss director. I mean, just being involved with all those Resident Evil films. To be he's still making those. Re- so I mean, he's someone's making watching money. them, right? He's also slated to start working on a Monster Hunter adaptation. Like the video game Monster Hunter? Yeah, from Capcom. I'm, I'm intrigued. So... That's the last thing on his IMD credits, but uh, that's him. Before we get down that road, let's go ahead and get into life. 
We'll talk about life first. Yeah. It's good that we just did all that bio on the director for the other movie. We, I like the I like the wraparound. I like how we <laughs> it's kind of like we're gonna call back to Event Horizon later. All right. So for those who don't know what life is, uh, you may have missed it. It came out last year. Um here's Was it a, last year? Yeah. Yeah, 2017. Oh, wow. That's recent. This is what the box says about this one. Uh, Life is an intense sci-fi thriller about a team of scientists aboard the International Space Station whose mission of discovery turns into one of primal fear when they find a rapidly evolving life form that causes extinction on Mars and now threatens the crew and all life on Earth. That's so they so okay so that being said did they know that it caused extinction on Mars because I got the idea that they didn't really know what it was they didn't know at of. the time they I think they just kind of formulated yeah. and theorized towards the end like oh this thing probably I seriously all life doubt on they would have woke it up yeah. if they knew that it killed everything on Mars I think that was uh, actually a really good succinct back of the box it's short and to is. the point it's very to the and point and it was accurate they they weren't really wiling out with uh, with their description of the plot yeah. Now, this was on the front of the box, and I rolled my eyes really hard at it. Oh. Um, it's one of those quotes, you know, it said, ooh, the best film since blah, blah, blah. One of those, right? It says, an ending you will never see coming, Jason G. from Business Insider. Which is funny, because I totally saw that ending coming and called it out. I, I think it a like... toddler would see that ending coming. There's no <laughs> way you wouldn't know that was happening, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, um... so at the end of the movie, no. <laughs> <laughs> John, why don't you give a quick rundown of how this one gets going? Before you do that, though, let me preface this. I did not find this movie to be a horror movie. I just found this to be just a normal sci-fi movie that just happened to have like a monster-type creature in it. Like, but by that definition, we just cut out Alien. Well, aliens. no, because Alien had horror elements. There was atmosphere. There was lighting. I mean, there this was is just like, a knockoff at Aliens, though. I feel like, like this is like a like an accessible PG thirteen Alien. Right, which would mean get a PG thirteen horror movie. Uh, okay, all right, we can. We, this opens <laughs> it up to debate, but. I really was just kind of watching this going like, okay, we watched a sci-fi movie. I thought we were watching horror movies here. It still has the jump scares. Yeah. You know, still it has it still the, the, the loud noises, you know, whenever Calvin's... It's filmed and like the okay, cinematography you know I mean? is a horror movie. I, I the think lighting. what you're trying to say is just it's not very scary. Uh, maybe that's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Yeah. Because um, we could debate if it was a successful horror movie, but they were trying to make a horror movie. Yeah. Now, okay. I don't okay. know if you guys remember this, but when this film was being teased and the trailer came out... Um, the internet thought this was going to be the Venom, Marvel's Venom uh, origin story. Because in the trailer, they showed like the little goo inside of yeah. the space station. And it, like, when it breaks the scientist's hand, mm-hmm. it was like, oh my God, this is a Sony picture. It must be like a, uh, you know, a Spider-Man tie-in. Like everybody's freaking out for about two weeks. Really excited. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was interesting. Know shit about yeah, fucking like, Spider Man. Yeah, so uh, it was just kind of funny to watch that play out. Thank you for reminding me how upsetting this trailer was. This trailer made it seem not like I'm a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, right? But it made it seem like he was the main person in the movie. The whole like it's like a two minute trailer. He's in ninety seconds of it. He is not. They kill him off immediately, and um, then the like other two hours of the movie he's yeah, not he's in the at first all. Death. Yeah, they put every scene of his in the trailer. Really? Yeah. See, I never saw. I never heard anything about this movie before you guys talked about it. Me either. So I googled the trailer, you know, because I hadn't heard of Life. Um, so I just wanted to know what I was getting into. I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, all right, you know, it's like a whatever. I thought it was just like, oh, it's an alien knockoff. Um, but cool. Ryan Reynolds is all right. He'll be fun to watch. Um, tricked. I want to get into Ryan Reynolds more, but I kind of want to just um, kind of touch on something that you've said several times now is that. It's an alien knockoff. Do you think that any space horror film that's going to be coming out now will always be compared to that one? 
No. I think there's enough there's enough out there that could be done differently. Event Horizon is a great example of a movie that could have basically again if there was no Event Horizon before this that could come out and we wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's like Alien." Um I think there's a lot of a lot of options still out there that could basically avoid that, but I think it's such a tried and true kind of plot line. I think we'll see a lot of people make a movie similar to it. I was I was a little bit confused whenever we were going in this episode because I was trying to find more space horror films and there doesn't really seem to be a whole lot out there. I think a lot of my conception of... I would say there's not a, a lot of good ones out there because we came up with a bunch, but they were just not that's great. That's true, but you know, when we're trying to break down, like, is Ghost of Mars a horror film? Like, how many times did we say that? And we're like, well, that's kind of more just an action-y thing, right? Yeah. There's like, there's there are space movies out there, but not just true, like, maybe they're just not good, like you said. Yeah, like Apollo um, 18, right? That was terrible. Well, there's but it was Life a, Force. Well, that you know. kind of only partly takes place in space. But. Yeah. But thinking, like, the, the video game genre has way better... I feel like space horror games out there, like yes. the Dead Space series and things but like Dead that. Dead Space was good. I would like to see more uh, more directors and in, in studios take chances on scary horror films. There's Jason Ten, Jason in Space. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, I hardly count that one as a space <laughs> film, but yes, it is in space. It's it's primarily in but space. But I think you get into I think you get into an area where um, those are two smaller subgenres that you know I guess. I don't want to say they don't perform well, but you know maybe they're not as like people aren't as easy to jump on them because of the cost to go into them. So maybe, maybe that's why. Yeah, it's possible. So this movie starts out with, uh, like the box says, we're on the International Space Station. We are waiting for a probe to come back in, right? That had been taking soil samples from Mars. And Pathfinder, is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. And on its way back, it runs into a bunch of asteroids and gets damaged. And then we have Ryan Reynolds is then tasked to go outside and, and operate a mechanical arm to catch it. They bring the soil samples in, and while they're looking at it under a microscope, they find a single cell dormant organism. Well, that's I have a question about that. Because it sounds like they knew there was life form in that soil sample. Because remember, she says, if you can't catch it, your directive is to knock it into deep space. Well, they weren't sure, I think. So they were just taking all the like necessary precautions in oh, case. Oh, so you think that was just a what-if yeah. protocol? That's smart, but it made it sound like, like, okay, you know what's at stake here. If you can't catch it perfectly, you have to knock it deep into space. And I was like, if it's just soil samples, who gives a shit? Yeah. And that was unclear. But they, no, they also had the because remember they also had the contest where the kids in the schools got to decide the name of what if they found anything what it would be. So I think maybe they thought well that was after they had already announced, announced to the world that they had found life. It only seemed like it was like six days later though. Yeah, they, they did they, like yeah. a, a satellite broadcast. Yeah. and and gave all the information. It's movie world. time, so everything okay, was compressed. Okay, okay, yeah. never mind. That's that's on me. I thought they kind of knew like. We found life. We're going to grab some samples. We're going to see if we can basically get it to like react and behave. Yeah. And then if we do, cool. If not, then oh well. So I, I thought they like they knew that some shit was coming, and that's why they had to like kick it out if it didn't work. I got to be honest. I feel like they could have explained this part of the movie better. We kind of just get rushed straight into the the. That's meat, kind of the horror potatoes, movie thing, right? right? They just hand wavy. All right, back thing is on the which uh, was fine, except when you're dealing with something as technical and like protocol yeah. oriented as like but a on the giant flip side, space mission. Granted, I didn't want to sit and listen to six right. guys at NASA be like, "Well, what do we do if it basically?" You know, if like, they spent sure. thirty minutes of build up. We'd be talking about how slow the movie was, and they could have cut some of those Agreed. scenes. I think it was. So. I think the pacing was fine at the beginning. I just. I thought that was very unclear, so I didn't really know. I was like, well, shit, man. You know? Yeah. Do you think there was ever life on Mars? 
Isn't that a David Bowie song? It's their life on Mars. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, David Bowie. He was in the studio um, and he left. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I it seems likely, but at the same time, you know. I do. I think there's probably an abundance of life all over the universe. You know, I mean, it's probably single-celled or, you know, smaller, multi-celled Yeah, we're talking about, like, but, you know, uh, not complex as humans. Right. I, I mean, I well, totally maybe believe it's complex, but yeah, maybe there just different. are also human or even more complex life forms out there. Um, but I think, you know, probably the, the overwhelming majority of life is, you know, simpler kind of stuff. We just find Mars always seems to be the target of a lot of these films and sci-fi speculation yeah. things. Is that just because it's they're it's the close. closest? It's the closest. Yeah. It's the most attainable. It has very similar characteristics or what could have been similar characteristics. We've known about it forever. Point. You know, Martians. It's all H.G. Wells' fault. Uh, it was a lot funner theorizing what was out there before we got super good at science stuff. Yeah. Um, you'll see some of the films from like the 50s and 60s before we'd even been to Mars. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> like... Jungles. Oh and... my God, look, it's it's a race of people, you know. Yeah. Uh, there was one called Robinson Crusoe on Mars and it was like being used as a slave planet to mine ore. <laughs> I love those 50s and 60s like B science movies. So they're like my favorite. Yeah, those are pretty creative. Um, but science proved it all wrong. Stupid science. I know. Yeah, I don't know. We haven't been in deep in Mars yet. <laughs> That's true. It could be subterranean life that we've yet to see. see. You don't you don't really know what makes a planet tick until you're like deep inside of it. So wait, okay, that sounded really bad. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, until we fully explored all aspects of it, I think by now we would have seen something. We have more satellites like around Mars than satellites, you know. yes, but we've only had a, like a, a rover on Mars. We've we had quite a like, few. They found like those um, those streams, those frozen streams. True. Mars has polar caps, yeah. you know, so. We'll never know. Well, we will whenever we put those people on Mars and for, to never come home. True. Welcome back to Space Talk. Suck it, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know our science. We just play, pretend like we do. Let's get back to life. We find this life form. Um, it's pretty rapid growing. It looks like a, you know, a single cell. Then it looks like a flower or a penis. In um, the soil samples. In they, the soil samples, the, yeah. yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes dormant, and they're like, you know what we should do? We should shock this shit with electricity. Bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Older Don Cheadle like totally like <laughs> like shocks it to like get it to like react after because it's moving and then it goes in like a weird hibernation. Right. So let me interject that this space station seems to have mechanical problems at all the perfect timing to make for a horror film, <laughs> which was I had a little problem was like very convenient. All the air gets sucked out of the lab that has the creature in and makes it go dormant. Now we got to do something to make it angry. Right. right. But to be fair, they had a really good like explanation for that. Like, you know, you've been spending too much time. You haven't been resting. This is, you know, like mistakes get made when that shit happens. True. So like it was explained pretty well. And even the, even the guy, I can't remember the guy's name. He was really, I thought he was a great actor though. I, I'm gonna call older older Don Cheadle, but like he yeah. like was like, yeah, you're right. I haven't been sleeping. I've been so focused on this. So, and this what you're describing right now makes Ryan Reynolds' decision later in the film so much more aggravating. Okay, right. one of my notes yes. is everyone on this goddamn space station is a fucking moron. Like they are the worst damn. Except astronauts. for the captain lady, she keeps trying to be like, we have to keep the quarantine. Yes, and she follow. had protocols in line. Yeah. I mean, I was like, and then like, all the cool. rest of them are like, fuck your protocols. But her problem is her lack of ability to lead and discipline. Like, they, right. she lets oh, that, yeah. that crew run all over her. Fair. So, okay, so old Don Cheadle stabs this thing with electricity. I'm gonna look at this guy's name. I don't wanna keep calling him old Don Cheadle. <laughs> and unsurprisingly, uh, the life form named Calvin, it gets pissed as fuck about this and he grabs uh, old Don Cheadle's hand and won't let it go. Um, so then he's like, all right, I'm gonna stab it with this other probe. 
And it's like, get your fucking probe out of here. And it knocks it away or whatever. So they have been keeping the life form in kind of like an incubator. You, yes. If, imagine, you know, you see with the gloves that you go into the secure area and work on the outside. That's, he grabs, wraps around those gloves and breaks his hand. Yeah. So this is a part I was confused about. Yeah. So he breaks the guy's oh, hand. he crushes it into jelly. Right. It's it just totally fucks up. it up. But then he becomes like unresponsive and I didn't understand why. Shock, man. Maybe, yeah, it's, I guess. It's shock. No, dude, as someone who, that was like, guess. You, you, your body, like, you, you get the adrenaline rush when something like that happens, and then when that stuff starts yeah. wearing off, Maybe if you, you can like go into shock and pass arm, out. Though. But all right, so anyway, his whole hand's all dude, crushed and crush the shit out of your hand right now and see um, how well you hang in there? No, I'm sure it would hurt a lot, but I don't know if that'd go to Think shock. Think about all the little phalanges and, yeah. and other Yeah, all right, so bones. he gets all unresponsive <laughs> as fuck. Um, and then the- Hugh, his name is Hugh in the movie. Hugh, okay, so Hugh gets unresponsive, and then Calvin- takes what's left of the probe and punctures the glove because he's starting to figure out, like, shit, right? He can start to learn. So then he escapes quarantine. Um, then Ryan Reynolds, being the cowboy, is like, we got to go in there. And get Hugh, who's right. just floating weightless with his hand and completely again, crushed. And again, that was so aggravating after he was just telling the scientists, like, dude, there's only one of you. We need you yes. tip-top performance. You got to do your job right. And then he's the first one to break protocol right. and bust in there, and then that's how Calvin gets out. This had a moment in the movie that I I completely loved because like Calvin gets out, he gets out oh. of the glove, he punctures the glove. Okay, yeah. Ryan Riddles goes in, gets um old Don Cheadle out, Hugh, Hugh. sorry Hugh, gets Hugh out, and then it grabs onto his leg. He burns it with the O2 um, lamp, and then it runs off. And he's like, "What do we do? What do we do?" They're like, "What if you like?" He's like, "Can I burn it?" And they're like, "Yes." And he's like. Fuck yeah. Like, I was like, this dude gets it. There's nothing that cannot be solved by burning shit down and taking out whatever it is. Except for Calvin, it turns out. Well, yeah, clearly that didn't happen. But I just loved how, like, Ryan Reynolds was like, kill it with fire? Cool. That's your philosophy. Hey, that's my (laughs) go-to second thing. They did alternate between making smart decisions and amazingly stupid decisions. Sometimes, like, with the when he's like, look, permission to kill this thing? And they're like, fuck yeah, go for it. Like, there was no... And he's like, any suggestions? He's like, can I use fire? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, all right, I'm on it. So there's like, they're very hit or miss, um, but I think some of that has to come with, otherwise there wouldn't be a movie. Yeah. I did forget a, a point, is that um, Calvin goes and like eats a mouse, right? Yeah, and then he gets bigger, so like now- Or is that mouse yeah. and basically becomes larger. So we start to learn, you know, as he eats things, he grows pretty rapidly. And so then he- um, I was going to ask how you felt about yet another film we watched that eats an animal. And that was graphic, yeah. That was. That was, that was the thing, I was like, I was sitting like watching the, the mouse there, and I was like, okay, well- I mean, it's just sitting there for safety purposes. And then it like walked over to it and it started touching its nose and the mouse was just kind of sniffing it. And then it bit its hand. I was like, if this mouse gets fucked and then immediately the mouse gets fucked up, I was like, you guys have got to stop doing this to me. It's not like we're doing it on purpose. I feel like that's a horror trope though, yeah. like which kind of bothers me the fact that like, you know, a horror movie was like, fuck it, just have it fuck up all the animals. And I'm like, yo, that's No, but it's doing its job. Look how like the emotional response that it gets from you, especially, I think, in later films where we're just so used to seeing humans just get fucked all the time. They were like, oh, look at the puppy. You know, that still... It's not even so much like, oh, look at the puppy. It's just like, it's such a like, we're going to show how like much it can mess something up. And it's always like on an animal. And I'm like, Yo, that's... Well, but then it gets bigger. It latches yeah, yeah, on yeah, to yeah. Hugh's anyway. leg. So Ryan Reynolds rushes in doing stupid ass shit. And they walk, they, they, they seal it behind him because right. they're, they're like, like fuck you, buddy. Protocol. They get Hugh out and then he jumps on Ryan Reynolds' leg naturally right before he was going to cross so the door. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh are like floating towards the exit yeah. because the, the, the alien has been burned and it's kind of like jumped off, kind of like, well, fuck that. 
and then they're going, and Ryan Reynolds kind of pushes Hugh through the the hatch, right? And then right before he can go through, it grabs onto his leg, yes. And that's when they seal the door, and they're like, "Sorry, my dude." Conveniently, there's some sort of fucking flamethrower device. Uh, I in think this it had lab. another purpose, but you could like, <laughs> you know, alter it to become a flamethrower. Yeah. I don't think it was just hey, flamethrower. Yeah, because what he used to burn it off with was an oxygen lamp. Yeah, like just like a small light, probe. And he broke it open so the, the the burning oxygen would actually burn the the little thing. So right. yeah. I think all the stuff they used was never meant to be weapons, but just kind of <laughs> right. So they weaponized this this yeah. device into like a flamethrower. And, uh, and it starts going ape shit in there, man. Just shoot fire everywhere. I'm like, inside a space station, fire, not a good but idea. This is something that um, I was interested to hear your guys' take on because I thought he was just missing, that Calvin was too fast for him. But my wife said, no, he was being hit, but it was just like invulnerable to the fire. I Yeah, it's either Ryan Reynolds really sucks at burning stuff or that thing was just per- impervious to fire. Which is weird, though, because the smaller fire pissed it off. Well, it it burned it. Like, just kind of like how if you touch a stove, the thing is, remember, it adapted to everything. Anytime something happened to it, it would adapt. So I think when he burned it with the the, the little lamp thing, yeah, it basically kind of like developed like defenses because, yeah, he was hitting that thing dead on and it just was not doing damage. He was still running from it. Yeah. But it wasn't killing it. Okay. So impervious to fire. Um, and then we get to the point where this whole movie is Ryan Reynolds' fault. So... The the life creature, uh, Calvin, jumps on Ryan Reynolds, goes in his mouth. It was a really disgusting scene, and um, I thought it was really well done. You could, like, see... I will say that was like, the one of the more off-putting kills that I've seen in a while. Well, yeah, not only that... It was really uncomfortable I'm gonna to give watch. Ra- okay, so I'm not a big Deadpool fan, just from comics normally, and I'm not a huge Deadpool movie guy, because that's all I really knew of Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. I had to give him insane credit because when he was like pulling that thing off his face, yeah. that's all CG. Man, his acting in that moment, like he sold that. I was literally like tense. I was yeah. like, oh, get it off your face. I can feel what he's going through right now. Like Ryan Reynolds did an amazing job in that moment. Yeah, it was really just tremendously. You hear that, uh, Ryan? You nailed it, my dude. <laughs> it was really uncomfortable to watch. So then he dies and like Calvin comes back out. And then the little flame thing that he was using, like hits the fire alarm. It was a little flamethrower, right? So all 100% Ryan Reynolds' fault because this thing should have just been floating around in fucking space anyway. And as I predicted, Ryan Reynolds will be the death of the human race. Yes. So, <laughs> so then all oh, these... Oh, wait, I did not know this. Oh, you didn't? Re- you haven't listened to my other podcast then. Well, I'll, I'll send you yeah. a link after this. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds kills us all, the podcast. <laughs> um, so it opens these little fire, like, suppressant devices and Calvin's like, oh shit, I could fit kind of in like there. like an air sprinkler system. Yeah. Um, and then they're like, oh fuck, he's going to get in there and escape. And so uh, two of the crew go to like rush to shut it down. And conveniently, you can't shut them all down at once. You have to very slowly do them one at a time. It's almost like a game of whack-a-mole. Just <laughs> pop it down, pop it down. Yeah. You know. Seems like a terrible system. You think there oh. would just be a shut all button down. It was right. so like... It was one of those, like, that's just a terrible design. Again, yeah. there was so many things in this movie that was just like, that's a terrible like, choice. Why would you guys Nobody do would ever make, like, a system like that. When would you only need to turn off one of those things? Well, I think that you should have the option, but I just right. think that, like, not, that's able, like the not, backup not having option. the option to... Now, I can't well, remember if he said that, like, things were broken. I was going to say, does this play into the thing I said earlier that every... Everything going on with the ship was conveniently failing right when they needed it to work. Maybe. There may have been some sort of throwaway dialogue I didn't catch, um, but it seemed really stupid. Um, So Calvin gets into the sprinkler, or what we call the sprinkler system. Quick question. Did they say 
why the kid named it Calvin? Yes, because that school. So basically every school in the nation, they had a contest. Mm -hmm. And out of like 11,000 schools, one school was selected and they got to pick the name of the alien species. And since that school was Calvin Coolidge Elementary, they called it Calvin. Okay. I just kept thinking of Calvin and Hobbes the whole time. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was the reason why. Okay, cool. There you go. Um, yeah, so he's in the sprinkler system. Well, it's not really a sprinkler system. The fire suppression system. And, um, and they're like, oh, fuck. Panic attack. He uh, then starts drinking coolant, apparently. That's a thing he can do. Because it, it had oxygen in it, and yeah. he needed it to live or something Well, yeah, like they, they say, okay, he's a carbon-based life form, so yeah. he needs the same thing we need to live. He needs air, he needs water, he needs food. Water, that's what it was. The, the yeah. coolant had the water in it. Exactly. So he's drinking the coolant for water, and um, and that overheats the, the comm system. How convenient. Which now they can't talk to Earth anymore. Uh, Importantly, okay. at the very last, like right before the comm system breaks, they do send an SOS to Earth. We don't know until the end of the movie that it actually did get there. Yeah. Okay, so real quick, let me back up real quick because I just want to make sure everyone understands. There's like a handful of people on this space station. So we, we, we're jumping around to who they are, but I want to kind of explain who's on there. So there is um, there's the lady from the Center of Disease Control. She's on there. There is the captain. And she's kind of like the commander in charge of the mission. There's Ryan Reynolds. There's Hugh, which is old Don Cheadle. He's like a biologist. And then there's Sho, who's like the Asian, Asian kind of pilot guy. And, and then there's Japanese. Like, Japanese, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then um, then there's the other girl. I couldn't place her like where she was supposed to be from, but she sounded like kind of foreign. Yeah. And um, she's kind of like an engineer pilot too. And she's the one that's about to do the, the spacewalk. But those two, the girl, the 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 foreign lady, and then the uh, the Japanese guy were like really close. They were like like really good friends and stuff like that. Right. Um, because she asks the Asian dude about the kid because his wife gave birth to a kid while he's up in the space station. Did you guys when he was looking at the iPad type thing, and then you all you hear is like the lady going ah ah like I was like is he watching porn like in the middle <laughs> of the space station? And then it was actually he was watching like a video. I, mean, of his I wouldn't wife blame him if birth. he was. Yeah, it was probably a private birth. bunks for that, I'd yeah. assume. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. I was like, yeah. dude, straight up, this guy's just watching porn in the middle of the walkway. I was like, that's not cool. Right. But um, <laughs> You said they were really close. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Calvin gets out. They do all that stuff like you talk about, right. John. And then they realize because of the way they vented stuff, they have to go out and open one of the coolant tanks or something. Well, they don't know that the coolant's drained. Oh, that's right. What it so is. she goes okay. out there. They're like, all right, let me go see what's going on with the, the comm system. So she goes and does a spacewalk, and then, yeah, she opens it up or whatever, and she's like, oh, man, there's, like, no coolant here. One more other person on this uh, spaceship is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Um, so she goes out to figure out what's going on, and um, and they find out there's no coolant. Calvin, like, then jumps out at her and uh, attaches to her leg again. He manages to break the coolant system in the spacesuit. So now her helmet, which... Seems like a terrible fucking design. You think it would pull at the bottom, but instead it pulls out her helmet. Well, it's weightless, man. It's weightless. I mean, yeah, it's going to go fair. wherever it goes. That's, go ahead. I want to talk about this moment, though. So all this fluid is somehow pulling up in her helmet. It's very unclear how, to be honest, um, but it is. And so she's like, okay, I need to get back inside real quick, naturally. Somehow it took her like 20 minutes longer to get back inside than it did to go out there. And so now her helmet's all filled with water, and Jake Gyllenhaal is like, okay, I'm going to let you in. Oh, he jumps, he goes into the, the airlock. Right. And he's in an, an EVA suit. Right. Which is not designed to like handle like the, this high the pressure or whatever. Yeah. And stuff like that. The lady who's coming back from the spacewalk, 
her helmet is literally filling. Yeah, with, she's like, drowning at this point. Like, coolant. It looks like water, but it's like it can be poisonous. So they like, mentioned yeah. it was toxic. Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. drink it. But like it, it was. Oh my god, that was the scariest thing when like her round yeah. space helmet has water in it, but it's like flowing like weightless. So it's like all over her face. It's like clinging to her face. So it's like. Even though she had pockets of air, she couldn't get to them because of the way the weightless water was. Dude, it was so gorgeous and fr- it made me so had so much anxiety. Dude, there was, was so like, much oh, tension in this movie. You gotta do something. You gotta do something. I was wondering if she could like maybe suck it up and spit it below her chin or something. We don't know how toxic it was. Yeah, but she was gonna die anyway. Well, Fair. she was also panicking, dude. Well, yeah. she was pretty clear headed though because she got to the airlock and then realized that Calvin was still on her. And so as uh, you know, Jake Jones was trying to open the airlock, she was fighting him and now jake couldn't like figure out what was going on for some reason someone else had to be like bro she's not she doesn't want to come in she's Um, trying to protect you asshole. right um and so then you know she drowns and pushes herself away as like a last act of sacrifice and i was like yo that's gangster turn down for what Um, but <laughs> thug life, yeah. But then, in an act of ultimate meaningless, Calvin just like jumps off her body and lands right back on the spaceship or the ISS. Yeah, I wanted to ask again, what is Jake Gyllenhaal's role on this ship? What's well, to be the longest person in space? Well, no, that was his backstory. <laughs> yeah, I have that written down here. Yeah. Um, they noted that Jake Gyllenhaal was on this spaceship for four hundred and seventy. Three days. Yeah. The and longest person to ever be in space. Which, in real life, uh, Valerie Polyakov, I mean, probably butchered that, uh, spent 438 days in space uh, on the Russian Mir. Hmm. Um, he all, uh, experienced deterioration in the skeletal tissue and eyesight problems from being in space that long. Um, you guys probably recently heard, too, that there was like the twin story going around. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this guy's DNA is yeah. different. That was a lie. Oh, was it a lie? Yeah, there's some issue with his DNA, but we're 2% different from chimpanzees. 7% difference in DNA would make that man probably dead. <laughs> but um, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I think he was just like an astronaut who just was kind of like in charge yeah, of the space station. Who just kind of been out there. But um, they did explain like he was doing medical tests earlier and they're <clears> like, he's like, I can do all this. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not. And you're like, your body is changing and deteriorating. deteriorating. And plus, you also find out at that time that he has a real distaste for the people of Earth. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like he's like he's like I don't really want to be around those people. Like I like it up here. I don't have to deal with the bullshit of down yeah. there. And I was like, I really that resonated with me a lot. Of just like wow. I mean, it's it's isolated, but imagine not having to deal with like the day to day like soul crushing nonsense of like. I don't know, whatever, a Trump presidency or, (laughs) you know, like a divorce or who knows what. I mean, just imagine not having to like really mess with that. I was like, well, I was like, wow, that I get that. I can actually relate to this character, which made me really sad because I really dislike Donnie Darko and (laughs) everything about that character. Just like I was like, oh, I don't want to like you, but I don't want to get into why you hate Donnie Darko. So we're not getting into that right now, but um just to, to the point on the Jake Gyllenhaal, and then John, I'll let you get back to it. Um, I think I'm going to fast forward a bit. You can watch the okay. movie if you need to see all the fair. details. Yeah, no, no. Um, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal's performance was really wooden, except for maybe the point where the lady was outside the yeah, space. Yeah, it was not oh, great. Oh, so you mean Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh, you mean that he's a bad actor and he always acts like this? Across the board. Okay. Yeah, he uh, wasn't great. He was probably the worst actor in the film, I thought. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot with him, to be honest. He's not great. Um, all right, so the rest of the movie uh, is essentially just a series of them trying to contain Calvin and failing. 
So we'll fast forward through a whole bunch of that. If there's anything y'all want to call out, you know, feel free to jump in. But they did something in this movie that I really am not a fan of. I won't say I, I, I dislike it a whole lot. I'm just not a fan of it. It's the alien vision cam or killer cam where they basically uh, do like oh, a first w- person view of the alien. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, you know, like you see from the alien's eyes or the killer's eyes. And they always put like a really weird effect on mm-hmm. it. But they they did that a lot. And I was like, this really isn't necessary. Like this is true. I agree I mean, with you that. You guys have done a good enough job of letting us know where it is compared to the other crew members. We don't need to go into first person mode. I thought right. that really kind of took me out of those moments. I'd agree with that. We'll just jump straight kind of to the end. Um, so they see a Soyuz capsule coming and they think, oh, it's a rescue. And then the CDC lady was like, uh, I'm going to break some pretty shitty news to y'all. It's not a rescue. <laughs> um, they're gonna, They're here to push us off in the deep space. I did like that part. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, they are just going to Oh, go. yeah, you mean the one good idea they had almost yeah. throughout the entirety of this right. movie? Yeah. So the Soyuz capsule is doing its business. The Japanese astronaut thought it was a rescue. He had gotten separated from the show, group. Yeah. yeah, show. And he was like, fuck yeah, rescue. So he goes and opens the door to the Soyuz capsule, and then Calvin just fucks everybody up. Kills everybody. And we should notate that as Calvin kills, he gets bigger and bigger. At this point, he's probably about the size of a person with his tentacles. Yeah, he's a pretty significant size. Full-size grizzly bear, maybe a little bit bigger. (laughs) Right. The Soyuz capsule, you know, because everyone's dead, like all kinds of fucks up. And somehow it went from being pushed into deep space to, oh, we're back into the deteriorating orbit. We're going to crash into Earth and kill everybody. And there was a good 10 minutes of the film where they were just like, oh, we, we're going to die now. There's no other options. Okay. And it's like, so I have a note about that because she's like, she's like, how long till we get it? We hit earth. And she's like about 39 minutes. I immediately paused the movie to too. see if there was 39 minutes left in this movie. Cause I was like, I'm not sitting here for 40 minutes to watch them slowly fall. <laughs> I was like to hell with this movie if they make, but it always like 20 minutes. I was like, yes. okay, I'll give it to you. I did the exact same <laughs> okay. thing. Okay, good. I was so scared. I was like, Oh man, am I the only one? I think I would have maybe liked it better if we just watched all 39 <laughs> minutes of them sitting there like, Slowly. what's the meaning of life? Uh, We're going to die. It's waiting for Godot all of a sudden. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, 10 minutes of them like basically owning up that they're going to die, God. accepting their fate. And then they're like, oh, wait, there's a lifeboat. But wait, there's more. Bait. Calvin needs oxygen to survive. With the O2 level so low in the rest of the ship, it will be drawn to the oxygen candles. We can use them as bait. Yeah. There are two lifeboats, A and B, both at the default entry trajectory. You press the button, they autopilot themselves to the surface. Unless somebody, somebody overrides them from the inside. I, I use the oxygen candles to lure Calvin into boat A. I close the hatch, I press the button to give me full manual control. And if I can hold a stick, I can override the flight path. And if I hold it long enough, can avoid re-entry. you fly out into deep space. With? With Calvin. Yes. Meanwhile, you get into into boat B. You press the button, and there are no complications, and it takes you back home. Um, So at this point, they're like... Two lifeboats. Yes. Conveniently, there's... uh, So the whole space station at this point is just fucked. It has been torn apart. The guy was like, we're venting from everywhere, and it's just a disaster. Um, so they're like, Calvin needs air, right? So their plan was to bait him into these two lifeboats they never, ever talked about before. And um, one of them uh, was going to shoot off in the deep space and take Calvin uh, with them. 
And the other one would just go to Earth and be like, hey, I'm alive. The CDC girl was going to yes. go to Earth, and then Jake Gyllenhaal was going to take it out. And they decided that because she was like, I'll do it. This is my mission. Yeah. And he's like, no, I don't want to go back to Earth. I won't. He's like, I hate people. Yeah. Yes. He's like, let me do this. I belong out here. And so he offers to trick Calvin into deep space. Going to deep. Well, her first terrible idea was, oh, we'll just both trick him. And Jake Gyllenhaal was like, that's stupid. How would we do that? Back to the whole, like, if <laughs> yeah. I sacrifice myself, you better not run after me, the yeah. zombies. <laughs> so he totally called her out on that nonsense. Um, so they go, so the plan, this is where the movie to the was it business insider persons. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, twist ending you'll never see coming. Yeah. Justin G. So the plan just <laughs> goes to shit, and there's, like, debris everywhere, and they cut it real confusingly, or they tried to cut you it. You see the two... Ca- the two yeah. uh, Life's capsules like shoot off. Right. You keep getting cuts to the people inside versus the outsides, and you're not sure which one's which. And you'd have to be a dead yak <laughs> to not see what's about to happen. So and so the uh the capsules are all damaged or whatever. And oh, the one that Calvin's in, he won't let Jake Gyllenhaal like t- touch the controls. Can't imagine why. And the one that uh the CDC lady's in is all like air, 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 and like spinning wildly out of control. Very screaming the whole time. Yeah. Um, and so one of the capsules lands and wow, surprise, it's the one with Calvin in it. Well, it lands it lands in like the, the Philippines ocean, yeah. ocean. Like there's a bunch of fishing boats. <laughs> I think boats. it was Vietnam. Vietnam, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, so one of the capsules lands and you see one go into deep space, and this is after like seeing Calvin try to stop Jake Gyllenhaal from using the controls. Yep. And then this like Vietnam fishing boat walks up. And these guys like look through the porthole and then you look inside and you see Calvin like completely plastered all in the inside. Which I thought that was pretty cool. That was probably his Jake Gyllenhaal in stasis. Yeah, that was like his his form to withstand reentry. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was neat. It was like, oh, he's got his own little self mechanism to get him and then, safely. And Jake Gyllenhaal's like screaming at them, like, no, don't open the door. And they're like, We should open this door. And right. it's like, you Idiots. You dummies. Even if they don't speak English, very likely, because, you know, they're Vietnamese, like, fishing folk, so fine. Maybe they don't speak English. They're like, look at this weird-ass shit going on in there. This we should is let covered him. in spiderweb <laughs> yeah. substance. Like, we should definitely get involved in that. And they're all, like, cheering. They're like, yeah, don't worry. We've got you covered. Uh, so they open the door, and then it pulls out, and you see there's a whole bunch of, like, boats, and it's in the ocean, and it's like, oh, well, we're fucked. That's the end of the earth, yep. basically. And I, I did appreciate that it ended on, like, kind of such a downer ending. Yeah, like a bad guy wins kind it of was deal. A, it was a little bit like upsetting because it was just so telegraphed like what was about to happen i would have liked if that surprise actually had surprised me agreed but um it would have been more more potent and uh left me on a better note yeah it, but it was really it was kind of like i was like oh that's that's pretty crazy especially the fact that this is like what jake gyllenhaal didn't want to happen yeah it was like that's a bummer and then it cuts to um the cdc lady like screaming hysterically as she like shoots out into deep, deep space, space and you're like, oh, that didn't go to plan. And then the worst part of the entire movie, they cut to Spirit in the Sky. Yeah, what was that I ending? Was like, what a terrible song choice for this moment. Like that that happened, and I was like, yeah, oh, I didn't fuck understand. You, movie. That would have been a good like silent credits. That would have been like had they should have done it, but or even like a creepy space song. Yeah. Like anything that basically wasn't like. Hey, you know those like road trip movies you watched in the seventies? Here you go. I gotta say, the more of these we watch, the more I realize that a lot of horror films don't know how to end properly. It's or it's probably hard note. to do. Yeah. yeah. Do uh, I really like this one? Do you one, think though? that's just a, a byproduct of like you know the way it is, or just where do you go from there? I think it's a product of you build this per- this entity, you know, whatever it may be—a slasher, alien, demon—to be unstoppable, and then you have to find a way to stop them. 
that's you know, good, to wrap up point. the movie. So you spend, you know, two thirds of the movie making this thing just, just so menacing and overpowering. And then the last third, you got to figure out some stupid weakness so that the movie can end. Otherwise, the bad guy would win in every single horror movie. Well, you know, several times on our, our podcast here, we've said, I would love to see the aftermath of that. You know, what happens afterwards immediately when the yeah. credits roll? Maybe just give us some of that. That would have been cool. Like, you know how zombie movies will do those news segments? Like, uh, like that's their shorthand for showing the world collapse. That could have been cool. Let's do a horror anthology where we just basically pick like horror movies and then show the aftermath, like 15, <laughs> 20 minutes of each aftermath of like these, like Camp Crystal Lake. What happens yeah. there? You know, like just, I would love to like do a little anthology. Imagine the copyright so for that. <laughs> It'd be so boring, but yeah. I would enjoy it. I don't want a life too, but I'm really curious to see what would happen with Calvin. Does he reproduce? Does he make hundreds of them? So yeah. well, that's a know. good question. They never explained is, was he the only one or was there multiples of Calvin on Mars? But I think the CDC lady was like, yo, the people on Mars are hostile. So, I, you know, don't go there. Don't revive them. Don't bring them back to Earth. We couldn't figure out how to stop them. So she made it seem like there might have been more dormant yeah, ones. She made the assumption that there were more out there. It's like, stay away from Mars. It's a, a hell yeah. planet or whatever. Hmm. I like this movie. I would definitely recommend it. I was. I thought the CG was gorgeous. Like it never. The movie looked fantastic. Yeah. There was some some shots in that where like they like had the space station and the yeah. Earth and just some of the space shots. I was like, kudos. I yeah, was it like, was very pretty movie. So beautiful. I thought it was okay. Um, Two of the points, you know, there were several logic-defying moments that just kind of took me out of the film. The twist ending was so telegraphed. But if you're looking for a cool little sci-fi movie to watch, it's not too bad. I, I think my biggest problem was is I was expecting more of a horror movie. And when it never came, I was like, oh, oh, I just watched a really cool sci-fi movie. But yeah. I didn't, I was like, I guess I was kind of expecting this, like, when's the scary going to start? And it never happened. So I think that kind of screwed up a little bit of my viewing process. But overall, I, the, I would recommend this movie. Yeah, I would um, too. Everyone was really good in it. It had some actors who I really like. Yeah. You know, and as much as I hate to say it, I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance was very wooden, but his character was very well written and relatable, which I was like, okay. So the one thing I thought I was going to have a problem with, I didn't really have a problem with. Right. So, I mean, I would say the only thing I had a problem with was the the telegraphed ending. Hmm. Well, the film made $100 million on a $58 million budget. So it's so, a success. Yeah. Uh, I guess when you average in how much like advertising, because I don't feel like there was a lot. So yeah, it probably came out I hadn't heard anything about this. Me either. Yeah. Do you think they were just riding off like the name values for this movie? Gyllenhaal and Reynolds? But it obviously didn't work because none of us knew about it. Well, I guess Mark did. Yeah. <laughs> but it made double the money, so that's not bad. But for a movie, that's probably really close to break even. I mean, there was marketing. There was. There's a lot of ancillary costs um, that don't normally get caught up in the budget. So Okay, okay. Well, let's move into movie number two, uh, Event Horizon from 1997. Significantly better movie. Lawrence Fishburne is a captain. Sam Neill is Dr. Weir. Um, I'm probably going to call him Dr. Grant. So just had to, uh, <laughs> Kathleen Quinlan was Peters. Uh, Joel Richardson is Lieutenant Stark. And Richard Jones was Cooper. Okay, so was the blonde lady... Uh, was she the same girl from um, Jurassic Park? Was she Sattler? No. I don't think so, no. Uh, the lady from Last Jedi with the purple hair. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, See, I thought... Leah Dennings. Dunham. Leah, Leah Dunham. Dunham. Okay. See, I thought yeah, I thought the blonde yeah. girl on Event Horizon, like I was watching it again and I was like, wait, is this a Jurassic Park reunion? I was super <laughs> excited for a minute. I was like... <gasps> 
Sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah. We should just you talk know, about Jurassic Dr. Park. Dr. Grant, I didn't realize this, uh, Sam Neill, I, he's over 70 years old. I had no idea. Like he, right now? Yeah, or in that movie? right now. He oh. had to have been in his, like, what, 40s? Yeah, but I just didn't imagine he was so old already. The man yeah. aged well. He did, yeah. Well, here's what the box has to say about this one. The Can't year wait. is 2047. Years earlier, the pioneering research vessel Event Horizon vanished without a trace. Now a signal from it has been detected, and the United States Aerospace Command responds. Hurtling towards the signal's source are a fearless captain, his elite crew, and the lost ship's designer. Their mission, find and salvage the state-of-the-art spacecraft. What they find is state-of-the-art interstellar terror. (laughs) What they must salvage are their own lives, because someone or something is ready to ensnare them in a new dimension of unimaginable fear. That's... That's pretty long-winded, but that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, more wordy than the last one, but yeah, it still comes across. I mean, there's a it's a pretty complex concept, so I feel like they had to explain enough of it. But I, I loved this movie. When I first heard about it, when it first came out, I was really excited about it because it was like talking about like bending space and time mm-hmm. for faster than light travel, which at the time was still like, you know, well, I mean, still is technically quote-unquote impossible, but, you know, the theories hadn't been as developed and talked about at that time, and... But, you know, they really go into the whole, like, you know, like, you're bending space and time, and you're actually going to another dimension, and that's how you get from point A to point B so quick. I loved that as a kid. Like, I would, and I still enjoy that. I'm just like, wow, I love that concept. But, um, so that's what the Event Horizon technically does. And Sam Neill is the one who built the and ship. He invented it. Yeah, yeah he invented the, the, the gravity drive, which makes that kind of um, space travel or, you know, faster than light travel possible. So the ship comes back. So the event horizon disappears, as Mark said. Mm-hmm. The ship suddenly reappears, and then Lawrence Fishburne's crew on his ship is going to go out there and see what the hell's going on. And they take Sam Neill with them because Sam Neill created the ship, more or less. And invented the the space compression technology, the gravity, right, yeah, the gravity engine drive. that allows yeah. them to travel. And an important character point is while doing that, he like so neglected his wife or whatever that she, uh, killed, she killed herself, yeah. or at least he wasn't there to... like you know, stop it in any way. And he carries a lot of guilt about that. I'm glad they explained that because the first couple times you see like the flashbacks of his dead wife and stuff like that, I was like, was she murdered? And then they finally yeah. like, she killed herself. And I was like, oh, thank you for clarifying because I was still like, wait, what happened? Here? Yeah. It's like his dirty little secret that he killed his wife. And then it was like, oh, no way. Yeah, they kind of kept you in the dark for a while about what actually happened. My roommate noticed though, like when he, when he wakes up from his first nightmare of seeing his dead wife, um, he looks over at a, like a array of pictures that he has of her like mm-hmm. on his little like bunk bed cubicle area. And he's got two of the same exact pictures side by side. <laughs> so oh, it's like the set designer just really kind of phoned that shit in. Whoops. Well, I bet, you know, you got to think in, when did this come out? We see 97? Yeah. 97 uh, video quality. Those are probably all just blurry <laughs> squares anyway. And now. Maybe. Did you guys see this one when it came out in theaters? I did. I, I completely did missed it because it was one of those films that came out side by side with a very similar one called Sphere with Dustin Hoffman. Now, nice. so not the same, but. They were like, I kind of got him confused for a while. Yeah, Sphere is way worse. Oh, well, it's not good. This was also during the era of like the worst fucking trailers. Like everything looked like a prodigy video set to like fast paced techno music. And the hmm. trailer for this movie is bad. Was terrible. Like you would have no idea it was like a horror movie. You think it's like kind of a space action movie. Yeah. And I was then, 11 when this movie came out. So my parents were never going to take me to see it. 
we we paid one of the older kids in the neighborhood to take us to see this. <laughs> so that's how I always had to it. go uh, to a friend's house to watch rated R movies. I couldn't see him until I was seventeen, as advertised on the box. <laughs> I hope yeah. my mom doesn't listen to this podcast because she's gonna find out like what all the your hell? dirty secrets are gonna come out. I don't yeah. remember when I saw it for the first time. Had to be in high school at some point, but it was well after. I didn't see this one until Garrett told me how much he enjoyed it a yep. few years ago. So um, yeah. I'm glad you did. It's a good one. Yeah, it's such a great. I love the set design for this movie. The CG that, is very dated. Yeah, but very the dated. like ship itself, the consoles, the just that whole that ship, steampunk. How fucking cool like, is that? Like, it's really, it was a great model because this it was clearly a model. Yes, not the, CG. The model, well, the, the, the talking ship. about like when things were floating in the CG. Of oh, that, that looked like, really bad. Yes, but the ship looked amazing. The design of it, the like the room with the spinning, like the long. Um, the, the meat grinder, two sections. Meat grinder, yeah. yeah, that look like the meat grinder, like, and then they explain that even scientifically to like this keeps the, the back, magnets like, you, or whatever. Yeah, which, which I was about to lose the movie at that point when they walk into the meat grinder room with all the lights. I was like, this is just some dumb carnival <laughs> level stuff. And then they're like, no, we do it because uh, uh, magnets. magnets. Yeah, how do they work? Yeah, it keeps the ship like from being pulled apart during faster than light travel. And I was like, yeah. ah, thank you very much. Like. This Thank movie you. at the time did a really good job of saying, you know, all those like things that people miss about these kind of movies. We're going to make sure we address those things. They're going to ask what this room is for. We need to have an yeah. answer. Exactly. You know, Interstellar used that exact same speech that Dr. Grant gave uh, to explain they're faster than light travel with the wormhole, the whole full in the paper. Well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a normal like um, so, that's a like, normal oh, that's theory. Cool. So a lot of people like use that. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. How? Well, it's, it's difficult to, it's all math. Now, what's the shortest distance between two points? A straight line. <laughs> Rob, the shortest distance between two points is zero, and that's what the gateway does. It folds space so that point A and point B coexist in the same space and time. When the spacecraft passes through the gateway, space returns to normal. It's called a gravity drive. So they, Lawrence Fishburne's crew takes Sam Neill and they go out to the, they go to the event horizon. And they get on the event horizon, then everyone gets on the well. Some people get on the ship and they start like looking around, and everyone's right. like, you know, like, oh, what is this room? Or oh, it's real dark. Something happened in here. I don't know what's going on. And then they finally turn power back on. Right. And power pops back on, and then you see that there are just certain rooms that are caked in like blood and body parts and dead people. And there's like a floating body that passes by them who like gouged. We now like we find out he gouged his own eyes out, but they're like, "What happened to him?" You know, was this before they had the recording audio? Or no, they got the recording audio afterwards. first. Well, they, they had it, but they only had the audio, and they couldn't make out what it was saying. Yeah, now, one of the dumbest lines in the movie to me, and again, this movie was good. Was the the guy I guess who was listening to the tape is like this is some sort of gibberish language. It's not real. And he's like, I think it's Latin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like what, dude? But, it's twenty forty seven. I think someone would recognize. Latin. No, I think it's more realistic for them to be like, I don't know what this is. It's, you know, it seems gibberishy. Then to be like, oh, I happen to speak Latin. You know. <laughs> Well, thousands of years well, after to be fair, it these was, guys are um, scientists or you know they probably have a background in linguistics or someone well the, the guy who the guy who identified it was like the super nerd scientist yeah. so they basically like the power comes back on they realize some shit went down they get the recording they decipher the latin right first they think it says save me and mm -hmm. we find out later it act, they're actually saying save yourself when you 
can these guys be a little more specific when they're leaving their death notes? To the well, next you saw the video. Along? I mean, the guy's like got his eyes on his hands. Some people are fucking right next to yeah. him. Why I mean, like all kinds like, of crazy shit. Stay happened. away. This place is hell. So he's so possessed it, to that degree. The audio recording was actually like a video. But yeah, they couldn't decipher the video yet. And they eventually do decipher the video. And it is people like fucking and ripping into each other it's like crazy. eating people it's it's basically like what you'd imagine like full like hell anarchy to be um yeah and it's going nuts and the guy's like cut his own eyes out and, and he has him like on his hands it's really cool but it's, also it's a really disturbing. scary kind of disturbing like video and that's when he says the latin which we find out is yeah. save yourself not save me mm-hmm. but when they see that they're like whoa they had to cut that scene way down okay, i was about to say i feel yeah. like that was going to play a bigger part in the, the original movie. movie was rated as um uh he filmed it, it was rated nc-17 and it was 130 minutes long they had to cut a tremendous amount from it to get rated R, um, which is really disappointing. And all that footage is lost. It is yeah, gone. From what I understand, after the movie did well, they're like, hey, all that other stuff, you want to throw it in the DVD? And they're like, uh, we don't have it anymore. Yeah, because they like filmed, you know, back then they didn't really have extras or director's editions. It was so unusual that they didn't really keep this shit. So. Yeah, man, I'd love to see what got cut on the floor. Yeah, they have like, you know, like IMDb uh, describes it verbally, you know, verbally written, you know, but mm-hmm. it's not the same. Yeah, I actually just had it pulled up. I just found out also that the uh, rotational shot of the space station over Earth took nearly a third of the film's visual budget. That opening scene. I wanted that to stop immediately. I was getting dizzy. Was yeah. There was a lot of like really fast rotating like camera shots in this movie, but I was also looking. I was like, what a terrible design for a space station. (laughs) It's so like it's like a series of sticks. Yeah, like but it's like so far apart and it's so big. Yeah. I was like, you don't want to be a bigger target in space. I'm sorry. That's not what you want to do. And since we're back at the beginning of the film, I do want to point out that they said in 2015 we were going to colonize the moon. Wrong. Are you disappointed? I am. This okay. movie's now inaccurate. Because now it's 2018 and we still haven't. You know, in 2047, like the, they're going to be like, look what these people have thought. Like all the other horror movies that we watch that are basically like pinpoint accurate. I think it would have served it a little better if they pushed it. In the timeline. I think so, too. I, again, though, you got to look at the way technology advances. You know, like, would you think we'd be where the iPhone is? Like, eight the Consumer ago? technology advances yeah. rapidly. But 97 but. to 2015 is a really short time to get a colony on the moon. I agree. Well, they didn't say colony. I mean, we colonized. It could just be two people in a little hut on the moon. Two yeah. people fucking okay. in a tent on the moon. If That's you want to give them a little more credit than I am, John, I'll give you that. <laughs> Maybe it's two people on the moon. It's like, oh. hey, the Johnsons. Thanks for colonizing the moon. Every time a movie is set in the future and it's in the past or, you know, like, or actually 2017, it's always depressing. So yeah. I just try to ignore that. Yeah. We did just pass up Back to the Future too. so. You know, my shoes do, do not tie themselves. So fuck this noise. So anyway, they get, <laughs> so they get the, uh, the video deciphered. They realize some crazy shit's going on there. At this point, everyone is starting to kind of have like weird ass visions and like scary shit and hallucinations and stuff is happening to them. And like, it kicks off with the kid going into the gravity uh, chamber and getting sucked into the drive. Oh, you're talking about. Oh, yeah. The dumbest person in the movie was right. like, what's this thing? 
Oh, interesting. Let me stick my finger in there. Let me put my whole hand in there and now. And he gets completely engulfed into wherever this ship was. It's, yeah. a, a, it's a hell dimension. And he like loses yeah. his mind, naturally. He comes back. They pull him out of the gravity drive, and he's in a coma, and then he gets put in the med bay for a while. We don't hear about him for a while. While all the other guys are trying to figure out what the hell happened. And it's amazing how many people have like just all these really traumatic negative events in their lives, because I feel like... If hell really wanted to give me terrible visions, it would just be like replaying really awkward social interactions that I had. Because <laughs> like I don't, you know, I never like had someone catch on fire or, you know, but it'd be like, oh, remember that time you said that really fucking stupid thing? Yeah, you do now. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like the way NASA selects people, like they don't pick a lot of people with a lot of like emotional baggage, and emotional yeah. baggage, because you really don't want that to play in when you're out in space yeah. and stuff like that. Maybe times have changed in 2047, but... Um, it did seem like everyone had like a really traumatic PTSD yeah. experience that was like, hey, what happened to you? That's pretty fucked up. Here, sign right here. You're on the yeah. team. Remember when you told that waiter to also enjoy their meal? Yeah, <laughs> keep thinking about that, buddy. Yeah, but there's, um, there is a moment like, so all that stuff's happening. And one of the kids, one of the crew members who's the youngest um, gets locked in the airlock. No, he goes and tries to kill himself. Oh, that's right. He goes yeah. to like kill himself because he basically so, is seeing shit and he doesn't want to live anymore. This is the right? same kid who got sucked in. Right. Yes, gravity that's right. Track. He like that's wakes right. up and he's yeah. like, oh, yo, so, some shit's going to go down. I guess we need, I just want to make it clear that whenever this ship passes through the space points, it goes through another dimension, which is where all this hellish things are happening and where it's influencing the crew. Yes, it passes through a hell dimension. So the kid we're talking about, he, uh, yeah, Justin <laughs> is the one that got sucked into the gravity drive, which. I wonder if it's a situation where he was gone for a few moments, but in that dimension, time is different, and he was there for a lot longer. You if know? Interstellar taught me anything, that is exactly right. what happens. So when they pull him back With in, gravity, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they time pull him slower. back in, and he's in a coma, uh, and then after the while the rest of the crew's trying to figure out what happened, he wakes up, and then he goes into an airlock where he's yeah. about he, to shoot himself out. He has like a they're here kind of scene. It's gonna get bad and uh, then he's like i don't want to be around for this shit i'm out they're trying to coax him back in he's like if you've seen the shit that i just saw you would want to die too yeah but then all of a sudden he like snaps out of it right at the last second i think like the demon just to really fuck with him made him realize what he was doing when it was too late um but that that rescue already started the decompression of the the airlock and so he's slowly decompressing and right before like it starts to like really take its toll that's when the demon kind of like or whatever it is, yeah, pops out of entity. Like, oh, by the way, you just did this to yourself. Right there, open the door. Go for that button. Come on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Captain Justin just activated the door. It's on a thirty-second delay. Justin. Captain Miller, tell them to open the door. You can't do that, Justin. I don't want to die in here. You're not going to die. I want you to listen to me very carefully, and I'm going to get you out of there. And on the outside of the ship, I think we get a precursor to Matrix's Morpheus's amazing kung fu abilities, because he is sliding himself down the corridor in space to try to catch Justin before he jumps out. He's not connected to anything. (laughs) And he does this somersault kick jump. (laughs) And he catches the kid and managed to save Justin's life right in the nick of It's time. a really cool rescue scene. It's I a great it. scene. And on, I know it's totally fake action-y, but it was done so well. I love that. 
I kind of because Justin's floating at this point. Like he's like he's floated out the airlock yeah. and his body's slowly dying. I mean, you die way faster than that. But yeah, his eyes are bleeding, his veins are starting to collapse or something. You know, just really yeah, his body's collapsing. <laughs> yeah, it was well done, and it's it Fishburne like just grabs him, <laughs> kicks him back in there. They put the airlock back in, de- de- repressurize. Man, yeah, I, I let it I let it pass sense. because he has magnetic boots. <laughs> Magneto. Yeah. They bring Justin back in and um everyone else is also having, you know, visions of stuff like that and it's getting pretty crazy on the ship. Sam Neil at this point is starting to be like he's like researching what happened. Like he's not so much like weirded out by it. He's more like like, "Ooh, what is this?" He's he becomes like one with the entity eventually. Yes, which is he cool. basically accepts like the hell dimension yeah. monster type entity into him and becomes Gets superpowers. Cr- yeah, he goes crazy. And he gouges his own eyes out just like the captain before him. Right. And then he said, "Where we're going, we don't need eyes to see." And all I could think of is, "Where where we're going, we don't need any roads." And it totally <laughs> the yes, yeah. sucked uh, any kind of uh drama out of that line for me. This movie really was freaky as hell for it me was. because, like, when he says, like, you know, well, we're going, we don't need eyes to see. I'm like, that is the creepiest thing. Like, it's that's so weird. We haven't touched on it, but I got to tell you, for comic relief, I actually really liked Cooper. I thought he was a great character. I was gonna he say was that was the nuttiest thing of the movie. Is yes. him? Oh hell, I'm coming back, you motherfuckers! Yes, you know, he's flying. like, okay, what are, what do I do now? Right, so he gets shot off the ship. He's like, he's doing an EVA, and the part of the ship that he's on, like breaks and shoots him out in the space and he figures out how to get back and he comes and he's like all right i'm almost back at the ship and he gets to the glass where he needs to be let in and then fucking sam weir shoots the glass and it just shoots him right back out in the space i thought that was both hilarious and really sad yeah but he does come back he makes his way back he does figure out again how to come back so I guess I wanted to just kind of say the, the the way that the ship fucks with you is that it's making you hallucinate what seems like to be something very important in your life and then just tragically kind of fucking it up, right? Like right. setting it on fire in front of your eyes. Um, well, no, the guy was on fire, right? So Lawrence oh, so Fishburne... really just bring a traumatic it brings moment. It, right. So he tells this whole story about how he, someone like... Uh, Fire, have you seen fire in three or in zero G? It acts like water and he had to escape and this person right. and he couldn't save this person. And and so it just brings him back, right? It's like, why couldn't you save me? Why don't you save me? It but makes Pe- you relive it. But Peters was seeing her kid run around the space. Right. Maybe she didn't have a traumatic experience. So yeah. it creates one if you don't have one. Yeah, it took it took something that meant something to her and basically and like fucked it up. And she yeah. fell to her death inside the gravity chamber. Right. Not really the most brilliant death. But no. And I was kind of sitting there watching. I was like, okay, is it actually hypnotizing them? Because they already talked about this being a hallucination. But still, she turns around. Walks right back into the situation right. and gets herself killed. Because, like, you know your kid's not here. Right. You 100% know that. There's no way he, he can't, he's not stowing away. So why would you My only guess engage? was some sort of hypnosis that Has came be, with yeah. the hallucination. I think it's like a trance type thing where you just kind of like, it's so real, maybe you yeah. can't tell the difference. I mean, you should know better, but, I mean, maybe it's so real in your mind. Yeah, I'm mind assuming it's some kind of mental inf- influence. Mm. That's the only thing that makes sense to me as well. Yeah. I wonder what it'd be like if you took shrooms on the Herbin Horizon. Not good. I mean, that's... It's really double yeah. down on that. It's a real bad trip. <laughs> the Event Horizon is a bad trip. So basically, all this stuff is happening. Uh, Sam Neill is basically full-on like consumed by this shit. He's like, oh, no, we're going back. Like Sam Neill's decided that we're going to go back through this dimension. And at this point, everyone who's still alive 
is like, well, we got to stop this from happening. Right. And the, the titular line from the movie where Lawrence Fishburne goes, fuck this ship. <laughs> like, that's yeah. the best line where he, like everything's going on. Like, what are we going to do? And he's like, fuck this ship. Right. Like, real loud. I was like, yeah. So that meat grinder hallway we talked about had like explosions uh, set all along it so that you could blow it up and in the second half of the ship would like go do its own thing and there'd be a lifeboat that you can then escape with. Right. So their plan is to do that. Sam Neill at some point took one of those devices and blew up their ship. Yeah, so that was such a sad scene. To, uh, escape and that's yeah. how Cooper got blasted into space. Yeah. And yeah, Sam Neill like hit a bomb on it and the engineer was like, "Fuck, I just fixed this ship." So he goes looking for it and then he finds it and it only had like 3 seconds left. So he just lets it explode in and his the face. The look on his face is he's just like, "Oh fuck, this, this is, is bullshit." It. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, Notably, everyone had a really good like response. Like when they first get in the ship, and like the hand hits Lawrence Fishburne's face, he's like, "Fuck this!" Like you yeah, know, very like, realistic. Everyone has an empty glove. Good, yeah, everyone yeah. had really good reactions yeah. to everything. Not- I mean, and once again, I bet in 1997 you couldn't see this, but on the Blu-ray, it's very, very clear that there is a disarm button right in front of that guy's face that he definitely had th- could have hit in three oh, seconds. Really? Is there really? Yes. Oh, oh I didn't see that. <laughs> it is. De- it just says disarm, and all you got to do is, I mean, I assume press that button. But early anyway. strike, you're gonna die anyway. Right. Just don't stand. Start mashing on anything. <laughs> just go for it. Cut the green so, one. Oh. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna blow the ship. Yeah, so up. their ship's gone. They have to use the Event apart. Horizon. And Sam Weir's like, "You can't leave. She won't let you, or the ship won't let you." Actually, is I think what yeah, he says. And that's when Lawrence Fishburne goes, "Fuck yeah. the ship." Um, and it works. I guess it's gonna fast forward to the end, essentially. Okay, so I have a big question about the end because I I still have confusion over it. So it's a very ambiguous end. Basically, the ship gets away. Yep. Um, Cooper and one of the the ladies, I can't remember her name, put themselves in like cryo sleep. Yep. And then one of the girls wakes, the, the girl wakes up and it's like they're still on the event horizon or like they've been captured anyway or something like that. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, it's like a rescue, but not really. Oh, yeah, it's the like rescue, the faux the rescue, rescue people yeah. come in and like wake her up and, and then you Sam find out Weir. that it's like Sam Neill and like, like, you know, their faces are all fucked up and she's like, oh my God. And then she wakes up again. Yeah. And then like it slowly zooms out with the the real rescue crew. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And then the door slowly ominously closes. Is that supposed to be a red herring where we think that this one's still fake or is that supposed to be like the legitimate rescue that time? I felt it was a legitimate rescue. Same. Okay. Although there was one weird part of that that you're describing right now is that doctor kept going, somebody bring me a sedative. Somebody bring me a sedative. <laughs> She's freaking out and the other guys are just standing there staring. I was like, who's supposed to get the sedative? <laughs> Who are you yelling at? And then the door shut and it's like, I guess nobody. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would love to see them do something with this property. I'd love to see them revisit it. Maybe do a remake. This is one I think would be a perfect candidate for a remake. Wait, what happened to Sam Neill? I'm, I'm totally blanking. Did Sam Neill get blown up, or did he actually go into the other dimension at the end of this movie? I can't remember. Um, I wrote down the eyeless Dr. Grant sure strung up that surgeon and made devil symbols real quick. Yeah, he did no, that do was, that. Yeah, he hung up a dude and like... In no time flat. One it's of the it's scenes, like some like Hellraiser type yeah. shit is what a lot of this was. In, in what... Uh, the original version of that scene, he was supposed to be like cut open, have his guts out, and then he would like lift his head to show that he was still alive. But the fucking ratings board made them cut a lot. I would of that have been out. way cooler. Yeah. Damn. So I think um, he goes with the ship because the ship does just like yeah. the gravity drive. What I did like was you know he enables a gravity drive and destroys the bridge. And you know the captain was like, "Hey, can you turn it off from engineering?" And she's like, "I don't know how." 
I was like, mm-hmm. all right, that's realistic because in so many sci-fis, everyone knows how to use everything. I'm gonna reroute the power. Yeah. on this ship, I've never been on. And before. in this one, she's like, nope. Yeah, I mean, they, maybe, they but didn't I even know about the drive's yeah. existence before they actually like went out to go see the event horizon. So, right, of course, if they, they, they had all know it. how to like work the ship. Yeah, that would have been very out of place. To your question, Garrett, I think that Doctor Grant was locked in the gravity drive room with uh, Morpheus. Yes, I think so. That okay. With Lawrence Fishburne, that would be an amazing sequel to have those guys like come back. Somehow, and yeah, maybe he pulled them into the gravity drive before the ship explodes or something like that. Yeah, is Lawrence Fishburne alive and he's been through some shit and he's like he'll like help him out, or is it like both of them are like, all right, let's bring hell to the hometown? You know, like there's so many options. Yeah, that that would be a a man. I would love to see a modern like event horizon touch. It's a it's a very good premise that I think we should see revisited for sure. I would like to know aliens either, so we don't have to worry about that. Though. Um, let me touch on this a bit earlier. I I'd like to know what kind of testing they did on this gravity drive. Did they just invent it and were like, all right, let's put it in a giant fucking spaceship. They didn't like test a probe, send a camera, try it. Maybe just one person yeah, in a doctor, small ship. Dr. Weir even says like, I don't know where it goes. Yeah. I don't know where it is between space. <laughs> They're like, okay. But that's the thing is they also left it ambiguous because you don't know if it goes to the same dimension every time. Yeah, but like, we don't know that it doesn't. Here. I mean, yeah. they could have, at least if he had just been like, man, nothing like this well, happened during testing. Because when uh, Baby Bear, the right. kid goes in it, he goes to the same hell dimension. Maybe that's just a setting they need to tweak. You yeah. know, like from, yeah. turn it from thirty six to forty two, and then you get send like a camera, the My Little Pony dimension or something. Like right. change it from hell to happy. Yeah, from hell to happy. Any kind of testing. Maybe start with a monkey. I know that would have upset you with our animal if they policy. Showed an animal come in like and come out all fucked. Up, I would have been like, to hell with you guys. It's just a chimp holding his eyes, going. <laughs> but like anything but a huge ship filled with people. That seems like the worst first experiment they could have done. Well, it, there's room to fix this. I mean, yes. he knew he knew what worked. I mean, he knew it worked. So that's why they put it on the ship in the first place. Uh, well, he knew it kind of worked, I guess. I was so stoked they were out by Neptune and they had that big ass shot of Neptune. That was, was cool. Like, that's so gorgeous. I was like, mm, no, I do I love, love this, this movie though. Despite that fact, uh, obviously fail of OSHA testing. Uh, <laughs> I thought this was this was a great movie. You know, whenever the the lifeboat detonation goes off to separate the ship. Uh, from the gravity drive mm-hmm. when the explosion happened I wish it just would have been an explosion of numbers that said 666 oh okay <laughs> yeah like a Scott Pilgrim versus the world kind of yeah. thing you know <laughs> I was thinking that as the explosion was going on I was like really nail it home let them know that we're in hell here. I the still devil reckon, I still recommend this movie to anybody who's like horror movies I'm like you, you should really see 100%. Horizon because it's just it's entertaining the characters definitely have some 90s to them but they're all believable the the backstory is solid enough to not find too many holes. Yeah, which I, like I appreciate. This one's a high recommendation for me as well. Uh, just uh, barring a few little issues here and there, it's got some '90s feel, but I think that can be overlooked. There was a couple moments where some of the stock sound effects were just like, "Wow, they used that sound." <laughs> um, that I think could have been tweaked, but overall, this was a really good film. Anything else to wrap up with this? No, I mean, there's. I definitely feel like it's an underused subgenre of horror mm-hmm. the the space horror and i think that there are some good options out there like that movie sunshine had some Sunshine's horror great. elements uh, i haven't heard of this one danny boyle the guy who did 28 days later that was his oh. next movie okay yeah i never and saw it sunshine's it's, really good it's basically just kind of like 28 days later is kind of a nod in a way to uh day of the dead sunshine is kind of sort of a nod to event horizon without so much of the hell Ish, stuff. yeah 
Like, you okay. know, a guy kind of goes crazy. The premise crazy, for Sunshine likes... is the stupidest premise I've ever seen in a movie outside of, like, the core. It's the Lucifer but, uh... Project. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lucifer Project, but it's the Lucifer oh. Project um, concept where basically they've got to reignite the sun. The sun's oh, dying. They're going to okay. reignite it with nuclear weapons. Yeah, right? it's so stupid. Yeah. I mean, it's like scientifically, it makes zero sense at all. The sun makes up like 99.7% of the mass of our solar system. We're not restarting the sun if it somehow magically yeah. died with like three nuclear weapons. If you like, want to rabbit hole it, man, go like... John, where there's hope, there's a way. There you go. <laughs> look up the Lucifer Project and just like okay. dedicate like an hour to reading about that. It's pretty crazy conspiracy theory stuff. But there's some interesting concept in there. And I think that's Sunshine was kind of loosely based off that that premise. Okay. I definitely want to check that one out. Like I said, I felt maybe I just don't know about a lot of these space horror films, but I'd love to see some more. I'm a big fan of space. Like I'm still just like mentally enamored by space and all that stuff. So when I hear like a space horror movie's coming out, if it's not like we found an alien life form, but it's actually about space, I immediately pay attention. I watch them all because I'm a loser. (laughs) (laughs) The best loser ever. All right, guys, it's time for another installment of John Dies First. I love this installment. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good installment. Um, So today we have some write-ins from our listeners. Uh, We've got uh, one about Event Horizon, and we've got one or several about life. Now, uh, if you haven't heard, this is a segment where uh, we try to write in a way for John to die first in one of the films we saw today. And we've opened it up to the listeners, so if you have an interesting way to kill John, please let us know. We'll read it, and John will pick his very best. The winner gets to know that they can kill a stranger in a fictitious movie. So that's what you win. <laughs> it's not much, but that's Pride. all I can offer. Plus, you also put ideas in our head, which, That's so right. if John ever goes missing, we'll have plenty we're, of we're all We're all suspects. <laughs> all right, so the first one up here is for Event Horizon. This was submitted by Kevin from Austin, Texas. I'll go ahead and read this now. <clears throat> After the initial arrival of the Horizon, the Lewis and Clark team regroup back on their ship and call for John, their ship's janitor. They order John to start cleaning Horizon so they can better investigate. Is this racist? Why? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, John begrudgingly makes his way to the bridge to start his grueling task. Eventually, he begins to hallucinate the bullies of his youth that took his lunch money and hung him on the flagpole by his tidy (laughs) whities Absolutely terrified, he takes a step back on the spot he was mopping and slips backwards. He falls downwards and cracks the back of his head open by a near bank of consoles where he remains unconscious and slowly bleeds out. He is later discovered by the Lewis and Clark team, but they are unable to resuscitate him, and sadly John was declared dead in the line of his janitorial duties due to a tragic accident. When the... (laughs) When it was logged in the ship's computers, sadly, thankfully... The ship was later destroyed, and the world would never learn about John's demise. His official record is labeled as MIA. Wow. Okay, that's that's, that's not that's bad. That's pretty kind solid. Of anticlimactic, but like it makes sense. <laughs> I dig it. And you know, it's not any less dumb than that one chick just walking off the platform. So that's fair. <laughs> wow, just throwing that right there. Huh? Yeah, that's true. All right, Garrett, what do you have? Okay, so we have some submissions for the uh, the movie Life. These are submitted by Kim from uh, Austin, Texas as well. Man, Austin, holding it down. Come on, rest of the globe, step it up. <laughs> Where are you at, Sweden? I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have three from Kim. Um, 
You know what? I'm just going to read all three, and then I'm going to pick the one I like the best to go against. Uh, You'll yeah. choose the submission for Yes, I'll, I'll choose the submission. Okay. Okay. Uh, just FYI, listeners, don't give us like 19 of these, but if you got like one or two, feel free. We'll, we'll pick the best one from your, uh, your submissions. All right, so for life. The first one, Ryan Reynolds fails to catch the sample vessel and it crashes into the space station. They all die first and this movie never happens. <laughs> I like that. Okay, well, <laughs> I respect that. I mean, you would die first then also. It'd be a short film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number two, included in the Mars sample is a killer clown from outer space that has hitched a ride. John discovers it. John says, hey, wise guy, what are you going to do? Knock my block off? Killer clowns proceeds to punch his head off. Okay, that one's pretty awesome. That's that's accurate to the film Killer Clowns, by the way. It is. That is a, a callback to the probably the one movie. of the better kills in the movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that number movie three is uh, started my hatred for clowns. I watched that. At is that really very the young origin? young is that age? The origin of yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, we're getting deep here. Guys. They're doing a thirty-year anniversary thing where they're going to bring the Dickies in and do a whole orchestral thing to the movie in uh, L.A. So if you get a chance to do that, go check it out. Or don't. You know, I'd rather. I, I advise you against. It, How honestly. many people are going to show up in clown makeup? Then? Too many. All of them. Yeah, that's terrifying. If it's more than one or zero. It's. Too I'm, many. I'm with you, John. We'll stay here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and number three, during the scene where they're skyping the Earth, John, <laughs> skyping the Earth, <laughs> John decides to one up Hughes' floating pea eating with some floating tang drinking. Ryan Reynolds sees John was in fact the one who finished the tang and gives him a playful push that propels John too far forward, and he chokes to death on tang. Oh, oh, I'm I going with tang. the Tang one. I'm, I feel like that's, it's hard to choose between the clown because I feel like that would definitely do it for you. But I do love the idea of you just choking on Tang because Ryan Reynolds pushed you too hard. Okay, so. so on behalf of Kim, you are submitting the Tang. Number death. number three, Kim's number three is submitted. <sighs> this is actually really hard because they both play to my natural clumly, clum, I can't even say it, that's how bad it is, <laughs> how clumsy that I am. Um, oh, man, I mean... Do you need a recap anywhere? You... No, I remember them. I know how I die. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, I never, think. Never forget where I was. Yeah. Mm. This is not an easy choice, but I think by um, by a hair, I'm going to die by Tang this time. All yes. Right. That's two for two for me. Congratulations, Kim from Austin. Woohoo! You killed John. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett, did you have something you wanted to add? I, I do. Um, so I don't normally do this, as you guys know. I I was kind of you know suckered into this project, and I'm glad I'm here now. But um, I, I do want to ask if you guys are listening to this, uh, maybe do go ahead and go on iTunes or um, Stitcher or SoundCloud, wherever you are. And just do give us a like and maybe a quick comment. Um, believe it or not, like looking into the algorithms of how that stuff works, it really does help out and it allow us to kind of reach a bigger audience and also just kind of bolster, you know, when we when we pop up because we don't even the ratings won't even show up until there's X amount of ratings for a show on iTunes. So we can't even have our ratings show yet until we start getting some more of that. So as a personal favor, if you do listen to the podcast, you do like it, or even if you hate it and you want to throw a one star on there and be like, get that Garrett guy to shut the hell up, you know, just go ahead and throw up a rating and a, a comment. We'd really appreciate that. Constructive criticism is welcome. So if you do hate Garrett, make sure to be specific. Yeah, be real specific. All right. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Use your bucket full of cash. When Paris is singing.